Hey guys, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. This is sigh, like a sigh of relief. And I just wanted to apologize first thing for this being my first episode of 2020, but I'm really happy to have sat down with Alia from At Medical Glam. And we kind of talked about how Corona is changing the landscape for medical students, changing healthcare, as well as what we're doing to stay sane and practice self-care during this time. We also talked about the hecticness of clinical rotations, how time-consuming they can be, as well as seeking mentorship during this time, and how Alia finally decided on pediatrics as her residency of choice. So this is a super exciting episode. Thank you guys so much for being patient with me while I struggle to find inspiration during this corona time, as well as just kind of adjusting to the new schedule of clinical rotations. And before we get into the episode for today, make sure you follow me at Cybear, S-A-I-E-B-E-A-R on Instagram. That is a great place to go to for mentorship if you would like me to read your personal statement. I've been doing that a lot recently as well as just the best place to connect with me if you have a question or see anything in the podcast or hear anything in the podcast you have questions about. Um, I also have a podcast Instagram page. It's at browngirlwhitecoatpod. So that is where you can find all the information about new episodes coming out, as well as stories whenever I'm recording with somebody new. So with that all said, let's just get into today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hey guys, I'm sitting down today with Alia, a third year medical student at NSU from the Instagram account at Medical Glam. I'm so excited to have her on because I was super drawn to her page and just her presence since we started connecting on social media probably like a year ago. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's been a while. Um, So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm so excited. We've literally been trying to set this up for like a few months. And I'm so happy that we're finally doing it. COVID forced our hand. Yes, but we're exactly. We have no excuse now. We have too much yeah. time on our hands. <laughs> so thank you so much. Yay. Okay. So as you guys know, we're going to get into some segments first, just so we can get to know Ali a little bit better. And then we'll go into the meat of the podcast. So I would say we should start with our highs instead of our lows, because we'll just start off on yeah. a positive note. <laughs> Um, Do you want to go first? Like, what's something good that's happened in your life recently? Sure, sure. Um, You know, when we agreed to do this podcast, I thought, like, uh, you know, long and hard about it. And I was like, you know, I can definitely complain for days and and talk about my (laughs) lows. But, you know, it is really important to address the highs. And I really don't address it enough. And the fact is, ever since starting school, not just med school, but also undergrad, I really didn't have that much time with my family. Like, I was always away. Um, And whenever I would visit them, it would just be for a few weeks, you know, during undergrad. And then like in med school, it would be like once a month or something. But now this, you know, coronavirus literally forced me to be out of school for like months, you know, and I've been able to literally spend, you know, months with my family. Um, And I realized like that's, you know, that's probably the most important thing I need to take out of this. Um, Because, you know, I can sit there and complain a lot about, oh, like, I really need to get back to rotations, like this is affecting my application process, and etc. But I'm not realizing that I'm getting to spend every day with them for, you know, almost two months now. So I thought about that. And I was like, yeah, that's actually that would be the biggest high right now in my life is really spending every second with them. Aww. That makes me so jealous, but so happy for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I was going to quarantine alone and then I was like, you know what? This is not it. Like I'm going yeah. home. Yeah. So, um, it's nice yeah. to like be taken care of by your family again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. But what would you say is your high at the moment? 
Um, so I am still in Texas. My family lives in Ohio, so I couldn't oh, okay. exactly like get on a plane oh. to go back, but oh, um, yeah. I've been trying to make the best of the situation like in my apartment here. And so yeah. yesterday I just got like super restless at night, like right before bed. And I just like moved all of my furniture around and oh, wow. <laughs> um, I like moved my bed and like made like some art to go on the walls. And I was like, you know, I think this is what my space needed to like make it more like productive, just like something different going on in my room. So, yes. and I ordered some plants. So that's been really oh nice. God, I feel like everyone's getting into the plants now. <laughs> yes. It's like, you have no excuse not to like water them or know how to take, take, yeah. take care of them. So that's nice though. Yeah. I'm like, I need some like living things around me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. And honestly, like you kept yourself preoccupied. We never really had that time before to sit there and reorganize and, and do all that stuff. So that's really awesome that you're doing that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the lows. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but <laughs> go ahead. No, but yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Um, you know, we shouldn't, you know, spend too much time on it, but at the same time, you know, I think it's pretty obvious, especially for med students right now is the, you know, Corona situation. That's honestly just really hit every med student, like, especially um, I feel like third and fourth years because fourth years, their graduation got affected. And then third years, you know, our whole fourth year is just going to be a blur and we're not even, it's so, there's so much uncertainty coming up with it. Um, so I think that's been like the lowest point is just sitting there at home, emailing at administration at my school, you know, messaging my friends. We've had um, Zoom sessions with our assistant dean and it's just like so overwhelming. I'm sitting there like I was counting on doing audition rotations, um, you know, to get into the programs I really wanted. So it is a really, really scary time right now because I'm not sure how this is going to go for forward. Um, you know, there's been talks about, you know, interviews being on, you know, online and there's been talks about doing even like our, um, our PE, you know, the, mm -hmm. the RPE exam virtually. And it's just like so much uncertainty. And so I've just really been dwelling in that, honestly, and I hate to say it, but it's been just like on my mind a lot. Um, but honestly, that's pretty much just been the only thing that I can say is a low right now, which, you know, a lot of other people wouldn't say the same. So I have to still be grateful, but that's definitely been something that's, you know, been on my mind. Yeah, I totally feel you there. And like, totally like for the MS threes and MS fours, it affects yeah. them. But I've heard so many things from MS twos that are taking their step one right now. Oh, that too. That just yes. keeps getting oh pushed God. off. Apparently yes. a pro metric center in Texas, I think burned down. And so a lot of people oh couldn't God. take their tests there. So it's just like, you know, a lot of uncertainty, especially for people that are scheduling exams, like even MS3s oh. that are scheduling step two, it's been pushed off so much. And then even for pre-med scheduling MCATs, like that has yeah. been crazy from what I understand. Um, so my heart goes out to all the people that have to like keep studying yes. because mm -hmm. um, I was recently watching a video. I don't know if you know um, Core Beauty on YouTube. Oh, no, I don't. Well, she's just like a, a fellow like Indian Desi girl um, who who's also in med school. And she okay. like made this rant um, calling out like NBME for pushing all these tests and like mm. canceling people's tests last minute, all of that. And so, yeah, I've been seeing that. I find that's even more disturbing for those that were just like, you know, up to the finish line. They were just, you know, finishing up their last minute reviews, ready to take the exam and then for it to get pushed back. This exam is like so overwhelming, not just the step exams for um, med school, but also the MCAT. Like it's just so 
scary and you just when you're ready to take it and you have it in your head to take it and it gets postponed I mean that's just horrible and then you know there's been like 50% cancellation half of my class lost their spots I -hmm. still kept my spot but there's people saying that like there's still a chance they could cancel it you know as it approaches and I couldn't imagine studying longer for this than I need to so yeah definitely my heart goes out to them for sure this is I think one of the hardest things to deal with right now totally yeah so kind of similar to your low like my like definitely uncertainty I think is like the biggest thing for medical Mm -hmm. students right now like wherever in their journey they are but like Mm -hmm. we we just like got pulled out of rotation so we haven't been like like crazy affected by this yet but I think it's just in terms of like when are we gonna go back they keep like kind of moving the day and like no one really knows what's coming up so I think it's just what has your school been saying like um when when do you guys usually start fourth year um, so I am a second year right now, but we were supposed to oh, start okay, okay. third year. Um, usually we have like a two week summer break in June and then it oh. starts up. So, um, okay. so we still have a summer break they've told us, but they've had to shorten our clinical clerkships, like the core rotations by like weeks. So wow. yeah. 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 It's, it, and that's what a lot of, um, the M2s that I talked to are going through right now is that they're dealing with these postponed you know, board exam dates. And then on top of that, they're dealing with like their third year being pushed off and there's an uncertainty with that as well. So pretty much anyone going into the, you know, clinical years are going through it right now. And there's just so much uncertainty with it. Yeah. And we have no idea what's going to happen once we actually return to clinics because they, they're talking about us like participating in telehealth or like not seeing COVID suspected patients, but like what does that mean if you're on internal medicine and every wow. patient comes in with, you know, like a fever or a headache yeah. or a cough or whatever. So exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I completely feel you on that. Yeah. But yeah, let's lighten things up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we said we're not going to spend more time on this and we spent more time on the lows and the highs. Like that's just crazy. That just shows you what kind of time it is right now. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of those times. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we're going to do another segment. Um, We're going to mention our favorite. So this can be anything from like your favorite leggings to like something that you've been doing lately or a TV Mm -hmm. show. Um, So I'll let you go first. It's funny that you you ended that with TV show (laughs) because, again, when we talked about this, I was like, literally, what can I share with her? There's nothing I do besides study and watch TV. And then I was like, well, there there it is. That's, you know, (laughs) TV and Netflix and Hulu are pretty much saving my life right now. Um, even before this all happened, I've been really into shows. Like I just watched so many TV shows, which is probably not the healthiest habit to have, but it's just <laughs> been my thing. And so now, um, you know, being on, having all this time, I've definitely just amped up how much TV I'm watching. And I'm just watching a couple of shows right now. I'm watching The Last Kingdom. That's like one of my favorite, favorite shows right now. Um, I'm watching All American. It's like this random like football high school show, but it's actually pretty yes. good. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. And yeah, then I, I'm, yeah. I, I started watching like this random show called Dead to Me. It's also kind of funny and like kind of sad at the same time. It's like a dark humor. Um, and I've just kind of been spending time like watching, sh- you know, some shows and stuff when I'm not studying because literally there's nothing else to do. <laughs> so I just wanted to shout out my TV shows that have been keeping me sane right now. 
Totally. I feel like the quality of TV is getting better because we're so bored. (laughs) Yes. And we're trying out random shows like these shows, like I wouldn't have watched otherwise. And I was like, you know what? I'll give them a chance. Totally. I was going to say, I don't think Tiger King would have gotten that famous if like everyone wasn't at home at the same time. (laughs) I was wondering, you know, if that, you know, like, is it really worth it? Because I haven't seen it. So I was like, is it worth the hype or is it just because everyone's bored right now? I know. Okay. I watched the first two episodes, but I've been told that it gets like much better later on. Um, but I, mm. I personally couldn't keep watching it. It wasn't like super like hooking really? for me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, what are your favorites right now? <laughs> um, so you might already know, but I started like a skincare makeup page. Yes, on I'm obsessed Instagram. with it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been like kind of my favorite because I've been just posting on there every day because I love yeah. skincare, makeup, all that stuff. So aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just like having like a place to, I don't know, it's like mm-hmm. just having another creative outlet during this time has been really nice to just post. And I like that, you know, the people that follow me on there, they're also like skincare fanatics and they like comment oh. back like their favorite things. So it's exciting. I love that. Yeah, I love it. And it's a really nice page too. So I'm happy you, you started it. Thank you. So we're going to go into a little bit about you because I want to get to know you a little bit more and like the listeners can get to know you a bit more. Okay. Uh, so can you kind of talk about your journey into medicine, like where you went to undergrad, a little mm-hmm. bit about your background? Yeah. So um I was the first uh, in my family to go to college in the States because my dad did um, school overseas and my mom never went to college. Um, so, you know, my, my mom and dad, you know, are first generation, or I should say I'm a first generation immigrant mm-hmm. or no, they're an immigrant. I'm first generation American. <laughs> and um, yeah, so pretty much um, I was kind of fending for myself out here. I didn't really know how college worked. All I knew is I wanted to be a doctor and I didn't know what that consisted of. So pretty much right out of high school, I, I was just kind of, I started community college because that's what everyone does. And then I just rolled with it. And it wasn't really until I started my second year that I realized like, oh, you got to like get you these prerequisites and then you got to like go and do something called the MCAT and you have to have something called shadowing and volunteering. I didn't even know about all of this mm-hmm. until I talked to an advisor after like being there for like a year already. So um, pretty much I did, you know, I got my AA degree. It was convenient. It was right next to my house. Um, so I got my AA and then I finished up my bachelor's in integrative animal biology at USF in Tampa. And it's like mm. such a random bio degree, but there's like multiple bio degrees they offer. There's like cellular bio and microbiome, like all these different bios. And I know I didn't want to do any of those. So I did animal biology. Mm-hmm. And pretty much I studied like literally anything from like sponges to like reptiles, to, like mm-hmm. the human. So it was a really cool um, degree and I really enjoyed it. And I volunteered um, at a children's hospital and I shadowed two doctors during undergrad. And I did some research um, with a physiological uh, psych lab. Um, and that pretty much built up, I guess you could say, like my resume, like before um, applying. Um, but I actually ended up taking the MCAT my junior year of undergrad and I didn't do well. I did really bad actually. So I pretty much failed it if there's such thing. (laughs) And so it was really devastating because, you know, I was like, like I said, first in my family to go to college here and I was trying to prove that I could get to medicine on my own. Um, and it was just really discouraging time, but I kind of gave myself a year off after I graduated and then I went back and took the MCAT. I took a Kaplan course and I ended up doing pretty decent. And so um, during that gap year that I had off, I worked as a clinical assistant. I worked as a tutor. I worked at DCF even for like a month. Like I worked at all these random places just trying to like 
find something that I really like to do during the year. And I ended up settling at a, as a clinical assistant at a, uh, at a local clinic. I worked there for a little bit. Yeah. And it was really nice. And I really liked the the clinic. It was really, you know, the people were really nice. The MAs were great. The doctors were super friendly. So I worked there, um, applied to med school, did the whole interview season, um, ended up getting into um, the school I go to now in another med school. And I ended up picking the one I go to now just because I knew they had like a little bit more connections in the area. So um, I got into NSU and then I, so that was in August, 2017, finished my first two years there. Then I did rotations um, in Orlando, just Mm -hmm. finished third year. So we're supposed to start fourth year now, which as we know is still up in the air, but totally, um, that's pretty much the short version of, of how I got here. Oh, that's awesome. I love your story. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that like I did, I mean, I still tell people about like, you know, not doing well on the MCAT the first time, but I feel like people need to hear it more because it it really is pretty common. Yeah. It sounds like you had a lot of like clinical experience in terms of like shadowing and um, being a clinical assistant. What would you say is like, was one of the more like important parts of your application? Like, would you say it was um, Hmm. the assistantship that you did or research or what kind of like boosted you over the edge? Um, I guess I, I guess since I wouldn't be sure, because I wasn't on the other end of the, you know, the pretty much seeing them accept me, but I will tell you that like during interviews, I actually got a lot of questions about my research. It wasn't my research project, but I was the assistant, like I was a research assistant. So just to make that clear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I got asked a lot about that because it was a pretty cool research um, project that was, you know, being conducted. So I got asked a lot about that. So I, f- I felt like the med schools were really interested in like the research I was doing. I didn't really get asked too much about the shadowing. Again, I'm, you know, they kind of expect you to shadow. Um, I didn't really get asked about um, mm, like my volunteering that much. I got asked a little bit about my job though. I will say that. So I feel like the clinical experience and the research helped, but I will say also that they did ask me about my um, lower grades because I had gotten a C in organic chemistry too. And they did ask me why I got a C in that. So I figured like, I was like, hmm, people should know that there are answers to these questions because they will ask you like why you probably did worse in something. Um, So yeah, I felt like those were like the biggest things they asked about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Same. Like I I get uh, questions a lot about um, like, what do I do if I get a C or what do I do? Or like, can I still go to med school if I get a C? And I was like, I had, I had a C in religion, (laughs) first of all, because Baylor University makes you take religion. (laughs) Yeah. We have to take that too. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, it, it was totally fine. Like, I think they really just care about like overall GPA and the fact that you can explain it if they ever ask you about it. Um, so I would have like your, your story straight about what exactly happened. That, that exactly. Happened. Exactly. Um, yeah. but also one more question. What is DCF? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, department of children and families. So oh. there's like, there's multiple divisions, but I was like in the, um, benefits. So it was like all the food stamps and things like that came through me. Uh, obviously I was just one of the agents like doing the paperwork. There was like tons of people. But um, every day there's people coming in with their, you know, needing their applications processed. And I thought it would, because I was really interested in going into like, you know, PEDS and like just, you know, um, just public service in general. So um, I figured it would look good. But when I got behind the scenes, I was like, all I'm doing is pushing papers. It was just so mm-hmm. unfortunate. You, There's a lot of people that come in needing desperate help because they don't 
you know, meet the criteria, we can't give them help. And so it just, it wasn't like what I thought it would be. So I didn't really stay there. I think I worked there like a month. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. you, you said that, you know, you were really interested in peds. Was that kind of what you saw yourself becoming even when you first decided you wanted to be a doctor? So, okay. Um, before I started medicine, I, like I said, like I, you know, I had volunteered at a children's hospital and things like that. I did like the idea of treating kids mm-hmm. somewhere between like that time and starting med school, I established that I didn't want to do peds. It was so weird. I, I just was like, no kids, like I love them too much. I can't see them being sick. Like I can't do it. Yeah. Then it wasn't until I got through all of first and second year doing all of those like systems. And like we got through all the blocks and I was like, I'm going to do family medicine. And then when I got to the pediatrics block, after studying that pathology, I was like, yeah, it's a wrap. Like peds is where mm-hmm. I'm interested now. Like I don't like adult medicine. Um, but then as I started rotations, my peds was literally my last rotation. So mm-hmm. every time I did a rotation, I was like, yeah, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. Um, I liked psych a lot. So that was kind of like floating in my head. But then by the time I did my pediatric rotation, I knew like for sure that's what I wanted to do. I feel like you won't really know until you actually do the rotation. Yeah, I, I totally feel that. Also, yeah. I feel like whatever is your like top choice, you always like yeah. put every other rotation against that. And you're yes. like, do I like this so better? True. Do I like this better? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. But so how has the experience been of like finding mentors? Like has that, um, do you, are most of your mentors in pediatrics? Okay. So um, I think that is like a little bit of a general question because I would say I have mentors in like different areas. So mm-hmm. I have like my upperclassmen mentors who I just ask any general questions to, whether it's like literally helping me put together a research poster or like how to apply for on like VSAS for like um, audition rotations. I'll ask them anything. So that part was kind of easy. It's just, I met the upperclassmen and I kind of related to a few of them and I just like exchanged numbers and that was pretty easy. Um, I feel like everyone kind of finds at least one or two people that are, you know, in the class above them to help, you know, guide them through what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of attendings, um, I feel like I definitely have like one or two that I can say I could go to if I needed them. But I feel like the most important thing was really just kind of impressing them on my rotation in order to get a letter of recommendation because they're just so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my psych, the, um, attending on my psych rotation, he was like such a mentor, like while I was there, like he really, really built me up and made me feel like I was so capable. And then when I asked him for a letter at the end, he had already written it for me. I didn't even ask him. And then when I asked him at the end, he was like, I already have it written. I was just like, Oh my God, like, wow. But obviously, you know, he's a psychiatrist, super busy. Like I can't just like text him, you know, be like, Hey, I need help or whatever on this. Uh, for pediatrics, I met um, a really amazing infectious disease specialist on my inpatient site, uh, sorry, inpatient pediatrics rotation. And she was great because I ended up doing a case report with her. So I have her like email and we stay in contact. And so she's been helping me with like the research, the case report we did. Mm-hmm. So that part wasn't hard. You just kind of have to approach people because, you know, she comes in during consults on rounds. And so she's like in and out. So I literally had to like grab her one day and just like tell her like I was really interested in infectious disease and like if I could write up a a certain patient that we had. So um, I feel like to pretty much answer your question, that's the long answer. But it's like, yeah, you can find mentors. You just sometimes have to go out of your way to like ask for that for either a letter or for their mentorship because they're not exactly like you know, super free. So yeah, totally. Um, they, for the most part, they do want to help. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even if they like you, like everyone is so busy that you have to like really exactly. be aggressive. <laughs> yeah. And, and it doesn't hurt. Like, let's say you approach a doctor that you really want them to help you with something, whether it's advice or like I said, writing up a patient. Um, if they say no, like, you know, it's, it's fine. Like you, it was already a no before you asked, you know? So, right. um, but you know, sometimes they'll, they'll like that. And especially if they're at a teaching hospital, which, you know, I was at, then they already expect to have, you know, their patients written up by residents and stuff. So I just grabbed another resident and I was like, Hey, can you just like be on the sidelines if I need help with anything? And she, she agreed. So most you're doing most of the heavy lifting, but keeping them like, you know, on email and just like being able to contact them when you need them is really, is really useful. Yeah, totally. So I have kind of a, like a question that relates to me personally, um, as an undecided medical student. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm quite interested in like emergency medicine. I Mm -hmm. also really like peds as well. Um, what kind of steps should I be taking to like figure this out? Or is there anything Mm -hmm. extraneous that you did like other than just like attend your clinical rotations that kind of helped you narrow it down? Yeah. Okay. First of all, I just want to address, I have no idea how I thought you were a third year. That's completely embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I could have sworn be. I saw you talking about like rotating or internship or something or preceptorship, but maybe I'm like losing my mind during it quarantine. Might be, I would- it might be because we start rotations um, like January of this year. We started. So, oh, so okay, we have like okay. one and a half year preclinical. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah, that yeah. might explain it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was really confused. I was like, I could have sworn I've seen her talk about rotations. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. To answer your question. So um, pretty much, I feel like it's a little combination of both the material, the like mm. um, if you like the pathology, like for example, pediatric pathology is very different than adult and mm-hmm. you could even do EMPs. So let's say you mm-hmm. like both like the, the EM uh, well, EM is kind of its own thing. It doesn't really have a specific pathology, but, you know, it's more adult medicine. But um, if you like, like, the fast-pacedness of uh, yes. EM, but you really like the pathology of PEDS, you could do uh, four years um, emergency medicine with a one-year PEDS fellowship. That's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, you kind of want to look, like, what what do I want to do? I personally didn't really like studying all the adult stuff that we learned. And I really just wanted to get really good at like learning all the peds pathology. So that's why that was like a big push to why I wanted to do that. Then you have the second part where it's like actually being there in the flesh and seeing like the sick kids in front of you, the sick babies in front of you and saying like, is this something I can deal with every day, all day long? Um, that was the biggest thing I was afraid of when I started. I was like, am I going to like be so sad all day long? Mm. And really, I feel like the most, the more empathetic you are, the better you are at your job. And it just makes you a better doctor. So I found that maybe that empathy I had was like going to only do good things for me and help me out. Yeah. So that's another thing that helped me decide. Um, I think if, well, let me ask you before I continue, when do you have your emergency medicine and pediatric rotations? Um, So PEDS is actually coming up in less than a month now. Ooh, okay. And then, yeah, so that'll be exciting. And then mm-hmm. um, we get to like rotate in, you know, all aspects of peds, like neonatology, like particularly Perfect. interests me. So Perfect. I think that'll, I think we do a week on that. Awesome. Um, and then okay. EM, I don't have until like the middle of my third year. So like about a year from now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it, it would still be like, you would, you know, have like all of fourth year to do applications and stuff just yeah, like totally. anyone else. Okay. Yeah. So you have plenty of time. Um, I think doing the rotation itself will really tell you because 
just think about while you're on that rotation, is this something I want to do every day in terms of not just the, the pathology, but like the hours, the type of people in that um, field, the, uh, uh, I, I think I already said hours, um, <laughs> the environment, the dealing with the parents. I feel, I, I hear this a lot. It's like, I don't want to deal with the parents. I don't want to deal with the parents. You deal with family members all the time. Like even on adult medicine, like you're always dealing with a daughter, a son, a, a husband, a mom, a like you're always dealing with family. So I don't get why the whole parents thing was always nerve wracking to people. Yeah. I know that like the parents are a little bit more nervous than usual, but I didn't really see any issues with the parents personally, but that's something you want to address. Like, okay, like, do I like talking to the parents and calming them down? And some people are like, listen, I couldn't be bothered. I don't want to sit there and have to explain everything to the parents. I just want to go in, see my adult patient and leave, you know? Yeah. So you just want to think like, you know, is that something you find yourself like good at? Do you like talking to the parents? Do you like, you know, talking to the kids? Because sometimes you got to get down to their level and you got to, you know, put on a more squeakier voice and like <laughs> smile more and, you know, just to make yourself more friendly to the kids. So um, is that something, you know, literally you can do day in and day out? So yeah. while you're on that rotation, I would think about that. And the same for EM, like EM is very fast paced. There's really no time to sit down. Like, is this like, I like to be busy, busy, busy. You know, I know a lot of people that just want to get to work, stay busy the whole day and leave. And then I know some people that love their downtime and, you know, that would love like I am or like have, you know, you know, cause after rounds, you pretty much chill and, and write notes. Right. Yeah. So, um, some people love that and that's me. I love, that's why I felt like peds would be perfect. Cause like, you know, you do your rounds and then you're just sitting and doing notes after that. And then you do your afternoon rounds, obviously, but yeah, I'm I so like glad. my downtime. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned like pathology and liking the pathology yes. as a part of it. Cause yeah. it's kind of the first time I've, I've heard that. I feel like a lot of people just yes. focus on, you know, the population you want to serve. Exactly. Um, but um, yeah, you need to make sure you're happy. Like every single yeah. day, like looking at these things and studying these. Yeah. Things. And I mean, I'm the first to admit, and I'm not ashamed that I suck at adult cardiology like do not tell me about aortic stenosis <laughs> anymore please like I don't know what ventricular dilation like I don't know what that is like I'm just so bad at that stuff like I would be a horrible IM doctor so that's why I'm just like I know myself and I know that pathology is like so hard for me to learn and grasp whereas everything I've learned about peds like for some reason it just clicks in my head so you also want to kind of be good at the material that you're going to go into like yeah you might love it and sure if you love something work harder for it that's fine but I think it's also nice to kind of already naturally be inclined to the to that certain like material yeah so you were considering um, psych at one point. Do you mind sharing like what kind of yeah. the differences were between psych and peds? Like what drove you away from psych? Okay. So that's a really nice question because I actually was thinking about that today and I was like, wow, I really did decide on peds even though I loved psych. <laughs> I love psych a lot because one, um, kind of back to the pathology thing, I get psych so well. I feel like a lot of people struggle with psych because of the timelines and like mm. there's like overlapping like mood with psychotic episodes and you're like, oh, which one is this? Is this, you know, schizoaffective or is this like depression with like psychotic features? And it's just like so many definitions for people. Mm -hmm. Whereas I felt like the material was very easy for me to grasp. And I'm not that type of student on rotations that gets every question right. Like I usually get asked questions by attendings and for the most part, I don't really always get them right. But on psych, I always got them right. And I realized like, oh, okay, I think I just have a really good grasp on the material. Mm -hmm. So that was like a big thing for me. I was like, oh, I'm kind of like good at this. Like I could really learn this well. Um, also, I really love like anything with like extra empathy where you have to feel with the people a lot. Like mm -hmm. I love that. And so that's, again, why I was drawn to Pete's because you have to have a lot of empathy for like the kids and the parents. 
Um, so that was another reason I love psych because it included having extra empathy for, for the, the, you know, the patient. Mm-hmm. But um, I really love physical medicine. Like I really love like, you know, heart, you know, conditions yeah. and, and, you know, inf- I love infectious disease. Like I love like knowing what the person has, like what their ideology, like the microscopic ideology is. Like I love all of, all of that. Um, endocrine, like I just love, you know, actual like, you know, physical medicine, not just like, you know, mental mm-hmm. um, or psychological, I should say. So I knew with psych, I couldn't have that. And I would always have to only practice psychology, you know, psychiatric medicine. And so that was the only reason I didn't go into it because it would just be completely like, you know, deleting that side of medicine um, that I really wanted to practice. But I loved everything about psych. And another thing about psych for me was um, I tend to deal with a little bit of anxiety now and then it comes on and off. And I, I don't know how this would have affected me in the long term, but I feel like being around a lot of mental illness would probably not have been perfect for me. I feel like it needs a special type of person mm-hmm. to go into it. Um, even though I did feel like me having that side would only make me more empathetic. Right. But I guess just the combination of both, you know, like I said, that and also not practicing like the actual physical medicine, like kind of p- pushed me more towards peds. Right. Oh, I like that answer. Like that, I feel like that's so well thought out. Um, like and like just <laughs> I, like aware, like self aware. <laughs> thank you. I have to, I had to think about it long and hard because I really liked psych, but I was like, why am I being drawn more to peds? And that was why. So yeah. So I one of my first rotations was psych. Um, like oh. I just I just got pulled out of it um, before Corona wow, happened. Yeah. And um, I was at the inpatient unit at one of the county hospitals here. And okay. that was super exciting. Like it, it kind of reminded right? me yeah. of why I like EM so much. It was like very mm. fast paced, like, and like long-term care, which is something that EM didn't have. Like um, the yes. patients mm-hmm. stayed on average for maybe like eight to 10 days in the inpatient unit. So you got to like really see like how they came in and how they ended up wow. leaving after they were compliant with medications and all of that, mm-hmm. like how much of a difference it made for them. So yeah. I really loved like being on inpatient, but then like being someone's like go-to psychiatrist, I'm not quite sure if that would have been for me. Yes. Um, <laughs> also, I, I think something people don't notice, you mentioned it, which, you know, I think is so important is really seeing that they do improve a lot on their medications. Sometimes people think that, you know, in psychiatry, it's kind of like a hopeless field, mm-hmm. um, which I think is not fair to say. I do understand it's more management than curing and treating, but mm-hmm. you really do see improvements in them when they're compliant with medications. I've seen people that like are completely, well, I haven't personally seen, but my um, psychiatrist has told me he's personally seen like people that, you know, you know, have ECT done and they're just a whole new person. So it really is a whole field that like actually people get a lot better and it's very necessary. I feel like a lot of people don't mention that enough. So it's, it's nice that you mentioned that you see them like from the minute they come in and they just get better. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if that would be like what I could do for my whole life. Yeah. And I feel like you could probably relate to this too. I loved how psych had like so many intersections with like different uh, different professions, like social work, um, yes. psychology. Uh-huh. Like I liked that it was about more yes. than just treating a condition. It was like the person's whole lifestyle, like making yes. sure that they were safe, making sure that they were healthy and like in mm-hmm. safe relationships and had like a good place to go home to. So Yes, there's there's a lot of that. Yeah. Because a lot of their issues come from like what they're going through in life. And you, you can't really just give the medicine and be like, all right, go back to, you know, that 
domestic violence situation, like you have to like help them out of it. So I completely agree. Yeah. But yeah, it's still up in the air for me. I I still, it's still on the table. (laughs) Yeah, definitely keep it on the table. You know, I think it's a beautiful field. I, like I said, I loved it. The only reason I didn't go into it is like I explained earlier. So yeah, um, it's a beautiful field though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want to change gears just a little bit and I want to talk okay. about like social media and doing social media as a med student. Okay. <laughs> um, cause that's kind of how we met. So I feel like it's only appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> um, love it. So you started an Instagram page called at medical glam. Mm-hmm. Uh, what made you like want to start a page in the first place? Okay. Um, when I first started it, it was actually before I started med school and it was just for my makeup looks. I used to do like a lot cause I used to be a professional or I shouldn't say professional, but I was a freelance makeup artist. Oh. Um, and I did like weddings and like, you know, graduations and events, whatever. I just did whoever would hire me and I loved it. Like it was so, so funny. Cool. Nice. Yeah. It was really fun. You made some money on the side and it's like, you know, I enjoyed doing it. So I started that page to grow that freelancing business um but then when I started med school I was like all right let's like who am I kidding like I'm not gonna keep doing makeup so I I posted like one or two pictures saying hey guys like I'm still not posting about makeup because I started school and then I was like why am I doing that why don't I just make this like a medical page um and keep my makeup on there well then the more I started getting more attention for the medical stuff so then I changed it more to like medical stuff and I deleted like my old makeup pictures um and then I started getting a little bit of growth so um, I started getting people asking me like, how do you do your makeup? And I was like, all right, well, let's be real. Like both of those are a big part of my life. So I need to combine it somehow. Yeah. And I remember like playing around with names and I was like, I need something that talks about like makeup and beauty, but also talks about medicine. So look, I played around with like a hundred usernames. Like at one point I was called makeup and medicine. I don't even know if you, I think you met me when I was medical glam, but yeah. um, I had like random usernames and I ended up doing medical glam at, at, at the end. And I felt like it was a cheesy name, but it was kind of catchy. So I was like, you know what, whatever, let's run with it. And it, it's like a crisp name. There's no like hyphenated stuff or like under or anything so I started doing that and then I just started you know posting about anything medical related and now I kind of just post whatever I'm feeling like I feel like all I post now is like um selfies and stuff but I just want to kind of have a platform for anyone that is interested in medicine and also um post some of the beauty stuff that I learned along the way for to you know just share it with people and I've kind of become I feel like it's just more of like my lifestyle I post about my weight loss on there sometimes I post about tv shows I just post about everything now yeah I really like that like I I struggled with a similar like feeling when starting my page I was like should I make Mm -hmm. it about medicine should I make it about you know like fitness or like any other like hobbies that I have but I think it's important to show people in med school that like there's more to you than just yes. all the time. So yes, that's that. I wanted to do with that page and Instagram, you know, it's just, it's so fun. You can literally post whatever you want. It's, you know, you got to be careful being in a professional field because, um, you know, it can, if you post something really controversial or inappropriate, like it can come back to bite you mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, residencies can see that. But I think if you're just being honest and, and, you know, you have free speech, you just want to be sure you're being appropriate and, um, you know, and I think it's, it's a fun place to express yourself. Totally. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for people who might want to start an Instagram page, either medical or like a makeup page during this time? So actually this time is the best time to start because yeah. you literally can just make content every day, uh, which is funny cause I make content like barely <laughs> right now, <laughs> but it's cause I just study all the time. So I just never like have the motivation, but regardless, um, 
you know, it's, it's a really good time to start. I've been trying to grow my page for a while and, you know, that can be discouraging uh, because it's kind of just like halted right now because of the algorithm, but I'm just, I just want people to do it because they want to do it and they love it. Not because they want to reach a certain follower count. Like if I was trying to get, you know, Instagram famous, like I would have quit a hundred years ago. Cause it's just, it's not, that's not why you do it. Right. Because, you know, growth is very slow sometimes. Uh, but you know, just post like what's, you know, in your heart, like what you really love. Cause you'll be good at it if you love it a lot. Um, also I think it's important, like it's kind of understated, like, to have really good lighting and really good like if you have an iphone like that's even better because the the camera is pretty good on the iphone mm -hmm. and, and use like daylight um i think good quality pictures attracts more people to your page you know those grainy photos in your house like in the bathroom lighting is just not going to attract as much attention to your page totally. um, so that's i feel like kind of just an honest like kind of brutally honest thing is just really have good lighting try to have a good camera or use your iphone if you have one uh, and just post daily. That's, I think the biggest thing I, you know, one of the reasons I'm not growing is because I'm not posting daily. Um, so I think if someone really wants to just build their followers pretty quickly, just like invest in like a, a daily post, like, you know, and, and just be true to yourself, what you love to do. I, you know, didn't stay doing just medical posts. You know, I, I still post about my experiences in med school, but I also post about, like I said, everything else in my life. And I think that's what people notice, like, oh, this girl has a lot of things going on, like, that she still shows us, like, she still has a life as a med student. And so that I think that's, you know, the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. yeah, I like that you mentioned, like, something, you know, as small or like, as lighting, because I feel like Instagram yeah. is primarily a visual platform. And yes. even if you have something to say, that's like amazing, no one's going to like, read your caption if there's yes. not like, a cutesy or like, artistic or some sort of like, creative picture that goes along with it. And it doesn't even matter like what kind of picture, like, you know, there's people that like those type of pictures that have like those really pretty like blue overlay filters mm -hmm. and like all these different looks. And it doesn't matter what you post, just make it like attractive and that people want to see it. Keep it true to yourself. Don't do anything fake, but just keep it that like it, it's your aesthetic and it, it draws people to want to look at your page. Yeah. And I like that you talked about like growth and I definitely have gotten into that mindset sometimes like, oh, you know, I need to see growth or I haven't seen growth yes. in a while. <laughs> and then you just get kind of obsessed with like looking at like your little insights page and you're like, well, what are people oh, yeah. liking? Like, what do people want to see? <laughs> yes. And um, I think I, I've like just recently started like getting out of that because I yeah. used to like look at, oh my gosh, you know, like this post has been saved a hundred times. Like that must mean that like everyone wants this kind of content. Yeah. And then it steers you away from making the content that you actually want to make and like take yes. fun out of it. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, especially with, if, if you're not trying to make um, Instagram, like your career, cause I know there's people that want to do it for like a career. They want to make money. And if you're just doing it for fun, like we are, like we're med students, right? We're going to become doctors. So we're not trying to be like Instagram famous and make money off of it. So if you're doing it for the fun and then really have fun with it, like enjoy it, post whatever you want and don't get, you know, captured in the growth. I know for a long time I was just always watching like why am I why did I stop growing like why did I stop growing and it would make me so mad but then I realized it's because I'm not posting every day and it's I'm posting only what I feel like posting you know so mm -hmm. just really take your time even if you have like 25 followers and then you build up and you get like 200 followers like just post those 200 followers followed you because they like you and they want to see what you post right. so just you know I you know when I started I, I had like I think like 300 followers and I just posted for them all the time. And then overnight, like, you know, you just start getting more and more people that get drawn to your page. So yeah. just do it and have fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like you said, this is the perfect time to start. You have so much time, hopefully, depending on what, you know, like work and career, all that stuff looks like for people, but um, yeah, I agree. Okay. So I want to end this off a little bit by starting to talk about, we talked about quarantine a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I want to talk about like productivity and self-care during quarantine. So if you want to talk about like any tips you have for staying productive during this time or just mm-hmm. taking care of yourself in general, like things that have been helping you get through this quarantine time. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, really good question. Um, because I think a lot of us are kind of struggling with just feeling so, especially the ones that aren't working right now and are forced to stay at home. Um, it's good to just hear from each other what what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know for me, um, if I'm going to be brutally honest, it's been really rough and hard just being at home all day, um, studying for boards. You know, I'm taking level two. Uh, in June. So I've just been really hardcore studying. Um, uh, you know, so I make time for that, obviously. But on top of that, you know, we're going through Ramadan right now, which is a religious observance for um, Muslims. It's a month long and you do fasting and, you know, more worshiping. And so, you know, on top of that, I'm also fasting during the day. So I'm staying up all night and studying so I can like eat and study at the same time. So it's really important to try to find ways to remain productive. And so um, I'm making sure that I get my studying done so that I at least feel like I'm contributing to my education. But I've just really been giving myself like at least an hour a day to just sit with my mom and just chat about anything. Um, I think that, you know, even if we're quarantined at home with people, we just forget to talk to them. Sometimes everyone's on their phone and on their laptops and there isn't really much communication. So I will make sure to sit, you know, after we have dinner and um, break our fast, then I'll like sit with my mom and my brothers and my sister and we'll just like talk, you know, just have a really, you know, no phones, no technology, just chat, laugh, you know, talk about whatever, roast each other, like whatever (laughs) we want to do. So I've been making sure to do that. Also, I've been really making sure to be on top of my skincare. so it's like funny that you started a skincare page because I feel like everyone right now is like on top of their skincare because like no makeup, you're just sitting at home and you're taking care of your skin. So I've just been like really like making sure it's like super moisturized and doing facials. And my sister, like whenever I do a facial, she'll come over to my steamer and want a facial too. And so I think that's really nice to just sit there and like really, you know, pamper yourself, do more facials, take more baths. You know, when we were working, we just had to hop in the shower, barely had time for like a 15 minute showers, like take a bath, you know, do um, a facial play with makeup. Like I had so many girls that were like, Oh, I don't know how to do wing liner. Like this is your time. Like sit in front of that mirror and mm-hmm. do that wing liner a hundred times. Like you're not going anywhere. Um, you know, do your eyebrows, like learn how to do your own eyebrows. Um, you know, just fun things like that. Um, and also, like I said, fit in time for like the productive stuff. Like you're, you're, you know, in my case, you know, studying, um, I feel like if I at least get my studying done, then I don't feel so bad to like spend more time taking care of myself. So yeah. that's kind of been the only advice. Obviously I've seen like a lot of people working out, you know, outside. I know you're st- you know, you love, you're really into fitness. And so I think that's also a really great thing. I'm not going to lie. I do not work out. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to, but I feel like if I were to go outside and jog every day, that would probably be like really good for me. So maybe after Ramadan, when we're not fasting during the day, I'll right. probably start going out and like doing some outside workout or something. I feel like that would be so healthy. So yeah. Um, but yeah, even just like a walk, like I've been just going on like a walk every day for like yeah. 30 minutes. And I, I mean, it just gets you out of the house. It gets you like fresh air. Yeah. Um, and then it's also like just good for like working out and all that. But yeah, I love that. Love it. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been feeling that 
you know, pressure to be productive during this time. But I like Mm -hmm. how you mentioned, you know, taking care of yourself, like talking to family and like obviously Mm -hmm. making time for studying and all that. But yeah, you have this unprecedented Netflix. (laughs) Yeah. And make time for Netflix too. Yes, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) No guilt. (laughs) Nope. So yeah, so I always ask all of my guests before we kind of sign off if you have any advice for pre-medical students or like early on medical students. So any like parting thoughts that you have for people listening? Um, yeah, so I think the biggest thing um, that people don't want to or people don't notice is in life, anytime, anything you want to do, whether it's, you know, going to med school or going to PA school or nursing or engineering or forget, you know, school altogether, like losing weight or anything you want to do, really what gets you there is just the perseverance and the consistency. So um, as long as you just don't give up and remove that thought from your head, like that's it. Giving up is not an option. Let's just do it. Um, I feel like that is the the mindset, like you have to change your mindset. Um, when I, you know, didn't do well on the MCAT the first time, I was like, I don't care. Like I did horrible, but like, I'm still going to be a doctor somehow. I'm going to retake that MCAT. Um, I know so many people that will just take it and give up if they do bad. So the biggest advice is like, put your, you know, when you put something in your head that you want it, like just keep doing it and listen, you're going to fail. Like just accept Mm -hmm. that you're going to fail along the way, whether it's now or later, you never know. Um, hopefully you don't, but you're going to encounter, you know, um, you know, barriers and, and obstacles. And so just like take it and learn from it and literally just keep going. Don't accept, you know, giving up. Uh, so whatever that looks like for people, I think it's a very general answer, but pretty much just literally keep going. Yeah. Um, also I think it's really important to find a mentor that really helps. Like I know for me, like I would talk to like the med students I knew at the time while I was still an undergrad and they were just so helpful. Like every time I, like when I filled the MCAT the first time I messaged them all and I was like, I don't know if I can do it. And they were like, no, you're going to take a break and you're going to study again and you're going to do it. So having a mentor, like find someone, you know, even come to me. I love, I have like so many pre-meds in my DMs that I just mentor and just, you know, come to someone that that's why I love Instagram. Like it's like free mentorship, you know? (laughs) So find someone that, you know, can help you. Definitely. um, Those two things would be my biggest advice. Yeah. I love that. I love your advice. Sometimes people (laughs) just need to hear that. Like, yeah. You're someone who's already been there, who's, yeah. you know, you said you haven't done that well, and then you totally yeah. turn that around and you're going to be a freaking doctor. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> and it, a lot of people go through that too. So that's why I'm like, you know, just let's not, let's remove that, uh, you know, thought out of our head of like, okay, I, I'm not meant for this. Like, no, you can do it. You just have to try. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, this is a really good Aww. place to end off because I think that's great <laughs> advice. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I'm so happy we finally did this. <laughs> thank you. I'm so excited. I'm so, like, I loved this. It was so fun. Yay. Okay. So we'll talk soon. And thank you to everyone out there listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was the episode with Alia from at Medical Glam on Instagram. I hope you guys enjoyed it. She is just such a genuine and hilarious person. So make sure you guys go follow her on her page. And thank you for making this podcast a part of your day wherever you are.